Hello, everybody, and welcome to another week of the 3 Plus 1 Podcast. Tracy, how are you doing this week? I am full. You are full. (laughs) We are recording post-Thanksgiving, and unfortunately, probably for both of us, slightly a little bit of post-Thanksgiving weight gain. Yes. So, Tracy, (laughs) what was the highlight of your holiday? My highlight was seeing my 89-year-old grandmother, who is... Courageously battling Alzheimer's. Um, So now for me, going home is a must. Holidays, birthdays, and just because. Because I don't know the day that she'll forget who I am. So Mm -hmm. I'm just so grateful that when I walk in the door and she can say my name and we do little videos together. I'm grateful for those moments. So that was the highlight. How about you? Um, Well, you know, Thanksgiving is... Actually, my least favorite major holiday. Um, You know, I'm a big, number one, I'm all about, of course, our indigenous people. Uh, The whole myth of Thanksgiving is something that I've never bought into. And um, I actually give thanks every day. I'm a person who practices gratitude. I have a gratitude journal. So having a special day, even if you say it's about giving thanks, I give thanks every day. I live in a moment of gratitude. So... I just think it's a huge commercial holiday in some regards, and as most of them are. And it doesn't just, you know, for me, it's not my favorite. But I went out to a, a restaurant with some friends and then rolled over and hung out with some other friends. So it was a couple mm-hmm. house hoppings. And so, you know, you pay to eat so you don't go to people's houses. You buy all their food. Absolutely. And then you go to the friends' homes and enjoy. So it was good socializing. But again, it's not a day I really make a huge deal about I mean you know Christmas of course to me means a whole lot more and Easter means a whole lot more in terms of commercial holidays you know Halloween and Valentine's Day are my favorites but uh, definitely not Thanksgiving is at the bottom of all holiday lists for me that's interesting Ice Ice Tea I believe says the same thing he thinks we should change Mm. Thanksgiving uh, the name of Thanksgiving to Family Day because that's what we uh, celebrate yeah Yeah. because we we do more celebrating family friends and things like that i don't look at it from a historical standpoint i've always looked at it as you know yeah family day giving thanks for you know making it another year and getting to see my friends and family that i don't get to see because i don't live at home anymore Mm -hmm. so so we are having an interesting week and an interesting recording, and we're waiting <laughs> on our amazing guests to join yes. uh, us, uh, who may not make it on Monday, but hopefully will join us for Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, tell us a little bit about this great guest. This is a huge guest for us. We're so excited to have him join us. Well, Javon Johnson is a noted very, actor, noted actor, very dear friend of mine. Um, he is now on the Oval on BET. He plays the Butler. And um, he and I are in a theater company together in Chicago that he is one of the the co-founders of. Um, It's called Congo Square Theater Company. And he's just an amazing, amazing mentor of mine. I remember uh, doing my first professional show and he was just so nice and so giving as an artist to me. That I did not quit <laughs> because of that. Um, but I, hopefully he'll be here today, if not tomorrow and Wednesday. He'll get to tell you a little right. bit more. We do more. understand how demanding yeah. you know his schedule is and how challenging. We're just thankful that he t- will take any time he can give us to really be with us here on 
the three plus one podcast. And right now he's on this promotional tour. You know, Oval is right. The Oval on BET, is, brand new BET series, is actually doing very, very it's well. It's doing very well in the ratings. So he's having to do interviews and photo shoots and all kinds of things. So for him to just say yes was like an honor to have him on the show. So we're hoping to have you here today, but definitely on Tuesday and Wednesday. And Wednesday. And speaking of tours and press and huge opportunities in regards to filming, you were able to announce publicly last week what the big (laughs) film project is that you're doing. Yes. So, everybody, the Hollywood Reporter uh, let the cat out of the bag, and I am a part of Amira Max. Horror film uh, featuring, starring um, Russell Crowe and Adam Goldberg. And I'm I'm being featured on, in the film. So I'm just, I'm really excited. That's why I've been going back and forth to Wilmington, North Carolina to shoot. So... Is this your biggest film role to date? Yes, it is my biggest film role to date. Uh, I really can't, I don't know if yeah. I can really talk about it. I have well, to sign an We don't want you to say much. But, but um, we're so excited that you, yeah. one, had the opportunity that we will all be able to see you and support you through the opportunity. I can't wait for all the things that we're going to do to celebrate. And, and I can only imagine that we're all going to go to the theater together. We're all going to see it together. And really just celebrate and make it a special moment for you. Yes. Because you've worked so hard for this. And Thank this is you. just, you know, one step among many steps on a continuous journey towards you really achieving your goals and dreams and your very best life. I'm I'm so excited. Um, I had to do some research. On the character. Uh, uh, on, not just on the character, but yes, on the character, but on the creators of this. Um, they are the creators of Queen of the South. And for me, uh, that's kind of like a bittersweet thing because I went out to New Orleans to shoot three episodes of Queen of the South which were not aired. I was uh, my storyline was taken off of the show, not for anything that I did, but for sake of just protecting the, the storyline yeah. and all of that. So it was just a real full circle type of situation to get to work with the actual creators because mm-hmm. they weren't on the show uh, when I was filming. So it's just it's fun. It's exciting, and I'm happy about it. I, I can't wait. I <laughs> cannot wait. So um, Tracy, you know. What, for you, you know, with this having, again, it's been very stressful. You've done a lot of traveling. You're going Mm -hmm. back and forth. What has been, for you, the biggest sacrifice that you've had to make? Um, Sacrificing um, a relationship and family, having a family. That has been the biggest goal of mine, to be a wife and a mother. Um, and I've always wanted to do it in that order. I wanted to be a wife and then have children. And now that I'm older, it, I, I feel like I'm going to have to sacrifice being the latter, a mother, unless I, uh, choose to adopt or hopefully my mate will have children. But, um, that has been the hugest sacrifice for me. Um, and and, do you think it's going to be hard for you being a stepmom? I think that would be hard for you. No, absolutely not. I do. I think, not. I, I think it would be I hard. I love kids. Because you can be, a, you know, you're a little sensitive. I, 
And somebody no. else's kids are gonna probably hurt your feelings a little bit. No, kids they love are really me. Really hard with stepmom. They love me though. They, I kids am, are hard with step parents. I know, but I this is kids my are hope. Tough. This is my hope. If you know that from being a teacher, you know how kids are. Yeah. So imagine, think about think about your students, mm-hmm. and you think about them on their rudest, most disrespectful day. Yeah. That is always a filtered down version of what they give their parents. But that that depends. And I feel of, like when I say filtered down, it's, it, <laughs> I'm serious. What the step parent gets is probably even more of a scaled back version. Yeah, but I here. also feel like that depends on the nature of the relationship of the parents. True. Yeah, and, if the yeah. parents can co-parent with a, a semblance of success where they're communicating well and they have a schedule down pat and they have a, a great communication relationship with their children, explaining who the people that are coming into uh, their lives are and, and what that is. See, my mother grew up with a stepfather and they had a who was never, for me, my step-grandfather. He was my grandfather. Right, and right. there was never a moment where I could ever utter. You can't tell me that you don't. You're not my real grandfather. And my mother never felt that way mm-hmm. because he came into the household and contributed so much. Um, when I think of a father figure in my life, of course, I have my father and I love him I'm dear, so dearly. I am a, a daddy's girl. But when I think of, of a man and a father figure, I think instantly think of daddy Ham. Mm-hmm. You know, he just was very kind. He was he catered to my grandmother. He wasn't henpecked, but mm-hmm. he just really respected her. But Tracy, that's abnormal. That's not the norm. The norm is but why can't norm, it be it norm? It can be, but it's highly <laughs> unlikely that it will be. Right? I'm just telling you, it's very unlikely. Well, Children today are probably not the same or raised in the same way that your that your mom was actually probably probably raised. In addition to that. Uh, I think many times uh, parents have a sense of guilt mm-hmm. over the cha- damage mm-hmm. done via divorce mm-hmm. or via not being married to mom or not being married to dad. And when the children act out and act ill towards the step-parent, their guilt impedes their ability to levy appropriate consequences for those actions or even understand that consequences need to be there. So I'm just saying that that's true, but with I that being said, step parenting is challenging. I yes, know it can be very it rewarding. Is. I'm but certain that I it will also be, think in dating, we need to watch those things. We need to look out for those and things. And be aware those are, that these, those, these are reality. Exactly. Those are, you know, I dated a guy who has a beautiful daughter, um, has a great relationship with her, but his relationship with that mother is problematic. And so for me, I had to step away from him because I was like, if I continue to get close to him, if I continue to get close to her, you know, it'll be harder for me to break away, you know, but I see the signs now. I don't want to deal with this mama. I don't know what she's capable of saying about me or capable capable of doing to me. So I stepped away. So I think Y'all, when we see those signs that I don't care how nice and kind and cool this guy or female may be, you might have to step away. Because you're actually, you're not just dating, marrying Mm -hmm. that person. You're dating and marrying the whole entire package. And that's what you you have to to realize. So, you know, for Monday, for this week, as we go into a brand new week, we were really going to talk about some things, starting first and foremost with how really this week is all, Monday's all about... 
Mayor Pete Buttigieg, he is really rising up in national polls. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden nationally still leads the polls, but Buttigieg has completely and consistently risen in almost every single Democratic nominee poll that has come out. Uh, Tracy, what are your thoughts on Pete? Um, I, or rather, any new thoughts on Pete? Yeah, Pete? I was going to say, before I did a little bit of research on him, I liked him. I, I just never thought that the country would be ready for um, uh, a, a gay president. I, I don't think that we are there yet. I, I don't think that should be a reason we don't vote for him, but I just don't think that we are ready collectively. Um, but some of these recent findings through your research, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm kind of like, I don't know, but I think he could be reformed. I think, you know, some of the comments he may have made back in the past, I think you can be reformed from that. I think you can grow. I think other people can introduce you to a, a different mindset yeah. and you can check yourself. Um, you know, I think I may have even said hashtag never peep yeah. on the podcast. I'm, I'm, I stand for me. I stand by that. I'm not going to probably be able to vote for him. I I do feel that w- him running for president has made him more aware mm-hmm. and has probably given him a great education. Mm-hmm. And he said some things that were probably said out of ignorance and a lack of cultural awareness. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't take away from the fact that you said it. I do believe you should be given. You know, I, I don't mind letting it go and. But at the same time, I don't feel that he is qualified to be president and a Democratic nominee. What 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 qualifications do you think he needs? I mean, we have a man in office right I'm now. So I knew you were going to say that. I knew <laughs> you were going to say that. Let me say this: Donald Trump wasn't wasn't qualified either. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't running as a Democratic nominee, and he wasn't representing the Democratic Party and the ideals and values of that party that have endured. The Republican Party allowed him to be their nominee. The Republican Party elected him to be our president, Mm -hmm. and he's their leader. Mm -hmm. So if they want an unqualified person to run and be the face of their party, by all means, let him do that. But don't you think that's to the detriment of of the Democratic Party, though, to to, to continue to... Go for established candidates that have a track record that we can look at, explore, and evaluate? I don't think so. Hmm. I think that when you are representing the Democratic Party, I think that your past and what you've done previously is a good indicator of what you'll do when you're elected to serve as our leader. So I absolutely don't have a problem with it. And I think that you have to look at every single piece of those, the other history, and you have to definitely evaluate it. Okay. Uh, so I don't think he's qualified. Being mayor of South Bend, Indiana, the third largest city in the state of Indiana, does not qualify you to even, in my opinion, run for president. I would have loved to have seen Pete run for state senate, run for, uh, you know, be a senator, maybe be a house, I mean, a rep, maybe be governor, to then be qualified to serve as our president. But, you know, only I guess time will tell if that happens. Those experiences, whether you win or you lose, prepare you, in my opinion, for the national stage. Uh, Stacey Abrams Mm. is being floated around as a possible vice presidential nominee. For him? No, for By any, anybody. Really, oh, correct. Okay. Um, I think that it'll she'll definitely be the vice presidential nominee for Joe Biden if he wins the nomination. If he's smart, 
he would, he he would do that. But let's remind some of our listeners of some of the things that uh, Buttigieg did say back in his 2011 TV interview. So you guys can just have an idea of like what we are talking and about. And a huge shout out to The Root. Yeah. The Root.com does a great job of holding people to task. Mm-hmm. And so the, I think this, yeah, tell us about it. So there's a video in an interview that he, that Buttigieg did where he, he said that a lot of kids from low income minority neighborhoods did not personally know a role model who testifies to the value of education. Kids need to see evidence that education is going to work for them. You're motivated because you believe that at the end of your education, there is a reward. There's a stable life. There's a job. And there are a lot of kids, especially in the lower income minority neighborhoods who literally just haven't seen that work. There isn't someone who they know personally who testifies to the value of education as if these babies don't go to school every day. And that they're not (laughs) probably educated by black educators. Yeah. So those black teachers principals, bus drivers, cafeteria workers, they're not fit or suitable role models. The parents at home, Mm -hmm. whether they have education or not in terms of a college degree, they're not fit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's very disappointing. Very disappointing, especially, you know, coming from a city like Atlanta that has everybody represented from your politicians, you have your your, uh, law enforcement, you have your teachers, your, your judges, your lawyers, everybody, they're doctors they're black you know what i'm saying so to make a statement like that this is almost as bad as what joe biden said earlier about poor connecting poor and minority kids together with low education except that he did say it in 2011 it was Mm -hmm. a long time ago Mm -hmm. and i think he's grown i hope since then but i still don't know if that would if this is something that we can let go of and say he would be qualified to serve well, what has happened since 2011 up until now for him to have changed his mindset? More experience and exposure. Yeah, I think You that, know, he's from South Bend, Indiana, yeah. where he's a mayor, mm-hmm. which is 30% black. Mm-hmm. The city has a 30% black population, so he's been around black people. He mm-hmm. should have to be their mayor and to be the, a Democrat. However, um, I think that, you know, he's been, uh, you know, hopefully introduced to more people of color. In his journey, who come from diverse backgrounds. But I think, again, this is an ignorant statement to think that just because you're poor, you don't value education. And you completely ignore the fact of the the generational cycles of poverty that Mm -hmm. black people in this country have been forced into because of slavery and all the issues that have come since to keep and oppress a people. And I don't think he, I don't think, I just don't know if he even knew about that. People weren't having those really hard conversations in 2011 like we were having now. And people were not calling and putting people to task in 2011 in the way that we are now because we're living in an age of wokeism Mm -hmm. for good and bad. And because of that, people are much more willing to take people to task and say, let me explain to you how slavery impacted black people Mm -hmm. and how you, there's a, I, I downloaded the app TikTok. Oh yeah, and, I see that on your and I, and Instagram. I, I love posting my funny videos on TikTok, but there was a whole series of videos I don't post because of the language. But there's a whole entire like thread of like Harriet TikToks that I love, and they're talking about you know Harriet Tubman wasn't walking around in a shiny dress like mm-hmm. what you saw in the movie, in the movie. Yeah. and what they portrayed, you know, liberating slaves. Yeah. It was a totally different experience. Mm-hmm. Black people 
who were ripped from Africa, whether they were sold by other Africans or kidnapped, who came over to America, had no knowledge of English. Yeah. And the, they were never taught formal English. Mm-hmm. So when you think about over the course of 100 years from 18, the 1800s to 1900s, the, 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 the black people who even learning how to speak English at any level was, an, was a miracle feat. Mm-hmm. It should give you even more respect for someone like Frederick Douglass. The majority of black people didn't have any command of language, could not communicate, could not be able to thrive in this new world after they were given their freedom. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the movies where people are talking and speaking English. It was totally, that wasn't reality. Yeah, yeah. And so they had to learn, make it survive, thrive. And Harriet couldn't read or write. Right. And so. they did it through education. Yeah. And so to say that because you're black and poor, you don't value education, it's ignorance mm-hmm. on a part of people. But you also have black People like a Kanye West who would co-sign something like because that by it's saying, just as ignorant." Yeah. <laughs> yes, just as ignorant, if not even more, because I don't think he's ever really picked up a book <laughs> to really uh, know the history behind that. But you do have some black people who have come out of poverty. Uh, for example, um, uh, what's his name? Gifted Hands. I never can remember. Ben Carson. Ben Carson. Uh, Your uncle. Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben, honey. Uncle Tom Benjamin. (laughs) Benjamin Thomas. (laughs) But you also have people like him who have come out of poverty or impoverished situations and have quote unquote made it. And they think everybody should should be able to do the same. So, you know, how do we combat that way of thinking within our own community of people, within our brethren? Right, within our brethren. So, Pete, of course, uh, all of the Democratic nominees came to Atlanta uh, last week for the, the, I think it was the fifth Democratic debate, mm-hmm. hosted by Perry MSNBC studio. at the Tyler Perry Studios on the Oprah Winfrey stage, Woo! who I still wish would run for president. <laughs> uh, hopefully, people listen to last Tuesday's episode to hear why I wanted Oprah uh, to be our president. But uh, Pete, afterwards, many of the candidates did events. Breakfast, dinners, lunches with Town tons halls, of yeah. yep. And a number of my friends met Mayor Pete or Pete Buttigieg, and they uh, really liked him a lot. They thought he was very personable. Thought that he got it. They they really liked him a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, I have yet to be. I'm I'm not yet able to. He hasn't won me over. And many people are talking about and saying that black voters will not support him because of his sexuality, and I completely disagree with that. I don't know many black people in America who do not have a gay who are either they are either gay themselves mm-hmm. or a member of the LGBTQIA community plus or they have a relative who's a member of that community or they have a friend. I think that every black person in America, mm-hmm. all 18% of us mm-hmm. can fall into one of those three categories. So to say that black people aren't going to vote you because of your sexuality I think is an ignorant portrayal and is a misconception that's being perpetuated by society that's just as negative of a portrayal as saying that black people don't value education. But we've got to understand... Because you can't portray us as black people as homophobes. But but we also have to understand those... The, the the people that typically vote in our community are our elders, that is right? True. So we have to take into consideration that our elders, even though they're grandchildren, Tracy. may listen. You got to understand no, I, they I, still I, I operate they, in a very let me homophobic. Tell you what our elders, our elders would say right. is that 
my pastor and my church and the Bible that I believe in, mm-hmm. that I've been taught, that I may not have necessarily read cover to cover, but the one that my preacher talked about, mm-hmm. tells me that uh, homosexuality is a sin. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I don't agree with this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to gander that those exact same black elders would still vote for a gay candidate over a Donald Trump. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the elders. Absolutely. Because they're going to vote. It's not our elder black people that aren't voting. But at this point, we're not voting Buttigieg against Trump. Yes. Buttigieg is yeah. trying to become the Democratic president. So because yeah. of his yeah. sexuality and everyone else's experience in politics, I, I do no, think, I don't that think that will. he's going to get the nomination, but I don't think that that issue... His sexuality is going to be what would block him from getting the nomination. I think that it will if it's if it's between Buttigieg and Joe Biden. I do believe remember, Biden. Yeah, yeah, Biden's going to get that nomination if it's based on black elders and probably based on most Democratic voters mm-hmm. as the polls are showing. Except in Iowa and New Hampshire right now, Pete is leading mm-hmm. in Iowa. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And speaking of members of our LGBTQ. Uh, IA plus community, civil rights agencies have slammed the Trump administration over policies that they feel have pushed that community back years. You know, do we... Do we what? What do we think about that? What or do we, do we, I mean, I, I think here's the thing. Trump had an agenda. Drain the swamp. Get rid of every, uh, every legacy bill that Obama had created and so i think this is a part of that agenda we are going to get rid of anything obama related that was progressive that was tolerant that was accepting of any and everybody and we're gonna reel things back to the way things used to be when the good old boys ran the white house when they ran the um uh the Congress, you know. So I, I really think that that is what this agenda is, and he is standing by it. Everything that he said he was going to do, he's going to do it. And unfortunately, all of the progress that we have made with and for the LGBTQIA plus community is being um, railroad and reeled back. Real back, quick. 20, 30 years. So, I mean, it, it, it's the same with women's rights. You know, all that Roe v. Wade stuff that was put into place. And we have been comfortable with our bodies now. We can make more decisions on our own. It's being reeled back by men, white men in in the office. So I, I think this is his agenda and has always been his agenda. And if he gets another four years, Lord knows what we're going to see. What we would see. Yeah. So, well, I think that we've had a... a Politically heavy Monday. Yes, we have. I'm excited to add in some entertainment <laughs> on Tuesday when we'll talk about some new uh, information being released about R. Kelly. Yeah. From one of the possible victims, or um, will we will we say victim? Uh, no, I she wouldn't was, say. She was of age, right? Yeah, she was of age. Willing um, sex slave participant? Is that what we call her? No, I think we would call her. His girlfriend at this point. I mean, I I got so much to say about, you know, the R. Kelly situation. I've worked with the man before, so I I have so much to offer. Is this a Me Too 
person? No, 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 absolutely Did not. You get he soaking wet. No, he and I have to say this. He was a gentleman with me. He never really said anything that, except for one thing that was kind of like, hmm. But his behavior on set and everything was very professional. Well, I can't He's wait very to delve into it. I guess that'll be a great way to start off a Tuesday. Yeah, let's start our Tuesday. All right, guys. It's been great to... uh, Thank you for joining us. And hopefully you have enjoyed a little one-on-one with Tracy and I (laughs) in a different format in the three plus one being a two plus you. We can't (laughs) wait for you to join us tomorrow. Bye.